Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hey, everybody. It is Eric J. Olson for another episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. And we're going to do a slightly different kind of guest today. We almost always have managing partners on, but today I am bringing on a friend of mine, John Corcoran. Hey, John, how's it going? Eric, I'm pleasure to be here. Uh, John is from Rise 25. Let me tell you a little bit about John, and then we'll get right into the episode. John is a former White House writer, speechwriter, an attorney, an author, and a B2B podcasting expert. His company, Rise 25, helps B2B companies and law firms connect with their ideal clients, referral partnerships, and strategic partners using done-for-you podcasts and content marketing. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. So, so tell us a little bit more about you and your company and the services you provide. Sure. Yeah. So I guess most pertinent for your audience is I practiced law for many years. I'm here in the San Francisco Bay Area, practice in the Bay Area. And about 11 years ago, I had a good client who came to me for a small matter. It was like writing a lease on a spare bedroom in his house. These days, you just put it on Airbnb. Back then, you had to write a lease. And so I did. But then I researched him. It turns out he was a successful entrepreneur that had started businesses that had gone public. And I was like, I want this guy to be a regular client for me. And so I, I just asked on a whim if I could interview him. And that basically turned eventually into a podcast, which I've been doing for the last 11 years. And then for the last three or four years, we've been helping law firms, uh, consultants, agencies, B2B companies to also start their own uh, podcast. And they do it in a way that produces ROI, clients, and strategic partnerships and more referrals. So out of all the clients that you work with, and I know you work with more than just law firms, but you do have a lot of law firms. What, what are some of the challenges that you help them solve? Well, there's a lot of different assumptions that go in, uh, misconceptions that people have about the idea of doing a podcast, and we can we can address all the different ones. One is that it, it's going to take a lot of time and bandwidth, and that I don't have the time and bandwidth to do that. Now, everyone's strapped for time. The only reason I continue to do a podcast after so many years, even though I've got four young kids at home and plenty of things on my plate, is because I believe, I firmly believe that if you do it right, it's, it would actually be more time consuming for me to not do a podcast than to do a podcast because it is just an amazing tool for uh, building relationships with people, connecting with people that you wouldn't otherwise get introductions to, deepening relationships, leading to referrals, all those different things. It's content marketing, it's SEO, it's pro professional development. And so I firmly believe that if you do it right, it saves you time. So that was, that's probably the biggest one that a lot of, especially lawyers would have as an objection. Gotcha. So yeah, certainly time is always a consideration when it comes to lawyers and law firms billing by the 10th of the hour, you know, uh, they yeah. don't want to take much time out of their day, if any, to do something like this. So it, it would only be worthwhile if it generated cases, in my opinion. So you know, yeah. how does a podcast actually help generate cases? Well, you know, I mean, what are the alternatives? You know, most lawyers are doing other forms of business development in some way. You know, maybe you go to a chamber of commerce meeting or a bar association meeting or something, which you can still do, but you know how time consuming those things are. And a lot of times it's it's a complete waste of time. You got to drive across town in traffic, you know, you, you end up at a chamber of commerce event, you end up stuck talking to someone that's not a good fit. It takes a bunch of time. You're missing time at home with your family. None of those are a good fit. 
Whereas with the podcast, as you know, it it is it gives you license to reach out to only people that are going to be a good fit. And you can also use it as a tool to get introductions to other people. So you could interview your past clients. You can interview your past referral partners who've already referred business to you. You can interview leaders of industry. You can interview heads of associations or heads of conferences. And it's just an amazing tool for getting access and delivering value to those people because you are giving them exposure, you're giving them publicity, you're sharing their thought leadership, their expertise in a way that makes them feel like a million bucks. And then what I found when I was practicing law is and then that materializes in the form of more referrals, more client engagements, more cases in the door. I assume that if you have, let's just say one practice area, that's your main focus, that the podcast should focus in on that practice area, maybe answer common questions uh, in addition to interviewing industry experts. But like, let's say you're a family lawyer, probably talking about yes. things like adoption, divorce, things like that. Is that a good assumption? Yeah. So that's one type of episode. One type of episode would be where you're showcasing your expertise and you're answering common questions because lawyers are very guilty of this. You, you take calls all the time and you spend 30 minutes, 45 minutes on the phone with someone explaining all these different things and they may become client or they may not. Right. Imagine if you, I love to use this example. Imagine if it's, it's a Saturday night, you're checking your email at 10 o'clock at night, you're about to hit the hay and you, you get an email in from someone who's interested in working with you, but you're fully booked on Monday and Tuesday. You can't talk to them until Tuesday evening. But in the meantime, you can send them, you can say, here, go check out these past episodes that I did where I talk about these specific issues that you're concerned about. Well, that person will come in so much more warm to you than they would otherwise and so much more understanding the way you think. It's just a lot better lead for you. So that's one type of episode. But in addition, you should also be using it to up-level your network, to deliver value with your referral partners, to get access to potential clients, but not just potential clients, also centers of influence and referral partners and strategic partners as well. And to you know establish that relationship and deepen that relationship. Gotcha. All right, we actually have a question from someone who is watching, Shannon Jay. Do you have any examples of direct referrals from your podcast? How did you accomplish that? Yeah, the the example I like to give is I've gotten tons of direct referrals from my podcast where I, I literally, I interview people and then afterwards I'll say, hey, you know, I'm looking to interview this kind of person. You know lots of this kinds of person and who do you think would be a good fit? You know, it's literally as simple as that. The other thing is it makes you more referable, which I, I think a lot of people don't realize. So for example, I just interviewed someone for my podcast just a couple of hours ago. And afterwards I was like, you know, I interviewed this other guy on my podcast a couple of months ago who's a great fit. You two would totally get along. And normally when you make an introduction like that, it's sometimes hard to make that introduction because everyone's busy and they're immediately scanning. Their, their radar is like, hmm, why am I being introduced to this person? And am I going to do a, a 15 minute get to know you call? Like I've already got enough friends. I don't need to do a call with that person, right? Is it for business? It's not for business. Okay, I'm not going to get to know. The podcast gives you license for those types of conversations to happen. And it's a great use of your time because you make a great connection between two people. So I get more high quality referrals and introductions than I would any other way because I have that podcast and because other people have a reason to introduce me and I and I use it actively. I say to other people, this is the type of person who I'd like to talk to. And I would love it if you if there's anyone in your network who you would recommend who I should feature on the show. And it's a win-win all around. Thank you, Shannon, for that question. 
if anyone has a question, by the way, just put it in one of the comments or in the comments of wherever you're watching it. We're broadcasting all over the place, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube. So just comment. I'll see it and I'll bring it in. So, all right, let's talk, let's get back to podcasts and, you know, starting a podcast. Now, podcasts have been around for quite some time. I don't exactly know how long, but I do remember. At no least, one really knows. Yeah, it's a big at mystery. At least 10 or 15 years <laughs> it's ago. Something like that. Yeah. It, it seemed like they were kind of like hot for, you know, in the very beginning and then they cooled off and then they yep. got hot again, maybe like four years ago, something like that. So they've been around for a long time. I don't even know how many there are. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. Is it too late to get into the podcasting game? It's a great question. I actually think now is the best time, and it's much better than when I started 11 years ago. 11 years ago, it was a pain in the butt to download a podcast. They were hard to find. A lot of people didn't know what the word podcast meant. Now there's a lot greater awareness. I mean, so many celebrities, famous people have started a podcast. It's kind of become a joke, right, that everyone has, has started a podcast. The interesting thing is that if you look at the growth of podcasting in terms of listenership, in terms of downloads, all the different metrics you would look at, look at over the last 15 years, it's fairly steady. Even though there has been bursts in awareness for different periods of time, as you alluded to, it's really, really been kind of a steady growth and, and a progression. And I think it's part of a larger trajectory away from the way things were like 25 years ago when you had a handful of media companies that controlled all of the media in this country to a point where literally any business or any law firm can control a media channel. You can have a, you can be a media company in many ways. You can put out your own media. And what's really cool about a podcast is you control it. You're not renting land on someone else's real estate and you can push it out on different channels so just like you're doing here today you can push it out on multiple different channels and you still own that you still control it and so that's really kind of a, a critical piece so i think today is a great time to start more and more car makers are putting podcast apps directly into the entertainment system whereas like 11 years ago it was like you got to find the ipod you got to find the right device you got to download it to your laptop then you connect up the thing then you just transfer it over to the ipod and then you go out and you forgot your headphones it was such a pain to listen to now you got streaming you got spotify you got all these different places where podcasts are much more available and accessible so because of that increased in awareness it it i think it's a better time to start now that's funny about the trying to play it in the car i remember when cars first came out with like the actual adapters for like individual kinds of phones and then yep. they stopped doing that they got real smart real quick because those adapters changed all the time oh yeah i mean i i you know before before even cds you know it was tape decks and i remember like a tape device you could put into the tape player that had a wire sticking out of it that right. then you could plug into like a, an ipod and you could play that through your sound system you know but it was so clunky and now you know there's a lot more bluetooth in in cars and it's a lot easier to listen to podcasts so so one of the things i was thinking about when i started a podcast so we have, we have two podcasts our, our first one started about two and a half years ago, and I was really concerned about time. And certainly in the beginning, it did take me a little bit of time to kind of figure it all out. And we figured it out in-house, but there's a lot of moving parts to it. And that's one of the things that I get asked about as a podcaster myself. Doesn't that take a lot of your time? Like, how do you get any work done during the day if you're podcasting all the time? Now, I have a way of doing it, but what do you think is a good way for people to make sure that they can get the podcast done without killing their entire day and having to hire two or three people to take care of this. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, uh, you know, it, 
you have to look at it as kind of like a Swiss army knife. It's a tool that's doing multiple things at once. So your, your time is more efficient because you're creating content, which everyone knows the internet today's modern internet depends on content. You're doing professional development and you're learning. You'll get tremendous insights from talking to smart people. You're doing business development. You're, you will generate referrals from it. You might get a client out of it. It's up leveling your network. It's all these many different things at once. And so in many ways, it substitutes for other things you might do, like having to go off to a conference or having to go off to a chamber of commerce event, like I talked about there earlier. You know, so it actually saves you time in these other ways. The other thing is you shouldn't be handling any other de you know, details around it. You should have someone else who handles those details for you. Especially if you're an attorney and you're listening to this and you can bill a high amount per hour, your time is too valuable. So what you should optimize for is having great high-level conversations with high-quality people and getting introductions to other high-caliber, high-quality people who could be guests on the show, who could also have some kind of strategic relationship to your practice. That's the most important thing. You should focus on those pieces and then all the rest should be handled by someone else. I completely agree. And what's really nice about the system that I set up is it's, it's exactly what you just said, which is I focus on inviting guests on and then having these kinds of conversations and then someone else takes it from there. Now, it took me a long time to get that process in place. But now that it's in place, I just have to focus on creating the content and finding people like you to invite on. But if I had to do all that myself, I would have stopped a long time ago. And, you know, there's this phrase called pod fading where yes. people start off with the bang and then they miss a week or two or and before you know like they're just done they fade right. away yep and it I happens all the time work. yeah i'm I, it makes me sad because i meet a lot of people that really enjoyed doing it but because of a couple of major strategic missteps they end up stop doing it even if they enjoyed doing it and it also deprives them of wonderful relationships i mean i've literally been to people's weddings who i connected with through podcasting wonderful relationships and so kind of our mission as a company is much larger than the work that we do as you know serving clients. We can only serve so many clients, but I love coming on to podcasts and creating media like this and just kind of being an evangelist for the medium because of all the tremendous benefits that have flowed to my life and helping others to figure out how to do it in a way that you have and I have that they see that it actually saves them time, that it gets some amazing relationships. And it's something that will, you know, yield wonderful benefits to your life far beyond, you know, getting clients. You'll get clients out of it, you'll get referrals out of it, but you'll also get wonderful benefits to your life. Fantastic. We have another question here from the audience from Eric Thomas. What is the biggest mistake people make when starting a podcast? Great question, Eric. God, how do I start a one thing? You know, I think one big mistake people make is they they try to compete for downloads. They try to compete to be at the top of the charts. There's only so many podcasts that can be at the top of the charts. And there are, you know, people that have been doing it for 15 years and they have a huge head start on you. And so they're looking at the long, wrong metrics. They're checking their download numbers. They're never exactly what they want them to be. And they're not looking at the right metrics. You should be thinking about how does this podcast enable me to get access to higher caliber people deliver value to them, build great relationships. And that's really what you should be, be focused on. And, you know, I don't even check my download numbers. I love downloads. I love people listening to my podcast, but it's never quite going to be what you want it to be. You know, you know, we all, we're all competitive, right? And it doesn't materially affect whether it's a successful uh, project or not. You can continue to have a wildly successful, you know, podcast whether you get tremendous amounts of downloads 
or whether it's something more modest. And, I, and it's something that people, I think, fixate on too much. And it, it prevents people often from starting a podcast thinking that they need to compete in that end of the pool, but you don't need to compete in that end of the pool. You can come over here and you can still have a wildly successful podcast. It's profitable, produces ROI, produces strategic partnerships, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I did the same thing. I would check my download numbers almost daily the first couple of weeks. And then I started to not care quite as much. We were getting downloads. It was great. But uh, but I realized I wasn't actually doing it for that. I was I was doing it because I felt like I, I had information that I wanted to get out to the public and I wanted to make these connections. And if people listen, fantastic. But if they didn't listen, I was going to continue to do it anyways, because I knew it was going to take time to build up. And these things do take time. So I, I would recommend to anyone who's thinking about starting a podcast that, at least in my opinion, you, you really need to commit to just doing it and continuing to do it, which means that you need to take a lot of the heavy lifting off of your plate. Focus on what's important being the host, being in front of the camera, behind the microphone, and find a way to get some help from someone that can do the heavy lifting and make sure the editing is done and the promotion is done and can do all those behind the scene things. Your yeah. job is to be the host. Yeah. And you know, look, I mean, you've probably got champions. You've got referral partners. You've got people who already love you, right? We don't often take enough of an opportunity to show, you know, send some love back to them or to sit down and just have a great conversation with them. And, you know, if you just take your champions, your referral partners, people who already love you, who already recommend you, and you go through that list of people and you have a great conversation with them where you fully focus on them and you give them, you showcase their thought leadership, you ask them about their career, their background, their business, their practice. You ask them about all these things. You ask them to share their wisdom, to pay it forward with others who are going to listen to this. That makes people feel like a million bucks. We're reading the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, which is 120 something years old. I swear the book was written for podcasting because it, it is about how to make people feel, how to take an interest in other people. And we're, we're reading it as a team, my company, we're reading it as a team and, and meeting once a month to talk about it. And I would recommend that book to anyone because if you do it right in a podcast, that's what you do. You make people feel like a million bucks. You take interest in them. You showcase them. And they're going to want to reciprocate in some way. They're going to want to pay it forward for you. You know, once I decided to do a podcast, I spent months, literally months, researching which microphone to use, right? <laughs> what software to use. Yeah. Do you find that that's common? Uh, and then oh, I, super common. Yeah. Yeah. I realized I was stalling. I just wasn't ready. Yeah, it happens all the time. I mean, I literally talk to people that, you know, I've talked to people that have $100,000 worth of equipment that they purchased that's sitting gathering dust somewhere and they haven't started the podcast because they, they don't know what to do. Uh, or worse, they start it, they do it for six months, and then they get frustrated because they're not getting results from it. They've spent all this money, they sunk all this money into it, and then they give up. So I used the same microphone, Audio-Technica ATR2100 for nine years. It broke. I bought another another one. And you know, these days you can use a, a very simple, you know, tool like Zoom or StreamYard or something. There's those two big decisions, boom, they're done. Let's move on. Now the more important decision that you need to think about is how are you going to use this thing? How are you going to use it? Who are you going to focus? Because your network, this is another key point. Your network will change over the next two to three years. Whether you start a podcast or not, whether you do something deliberately or not, what I encourage people to do is be strategic and intentional about your network. Don't let it happen to you. A lot of people have a network that's comprised of you know, people that happen to them, who happen to work down the hall from them, happen to be someone that they worked with in the same company. That's not intentional. 
These days, you can be intentional. You can decide, I want to meet this person. I want to connect with this person. I want to build a relationship. And you can drive your network forward. And we all know that it's all about who you know. So there's nothing stopping you from building a network with intention and building relationships by delivering value to people using a tool like a podcast. And so I just, I tell people that all the time because I love to see people build relationships with people that maybe they admire even from afar and then they get to know them and then it's even more wonderful. That is fantastic advice. I love it. Now, let's say you're going to be deliberate about who your network is and who you invite on. How do you go about inviting them on and how do you go about getting them to say yes? Yeah, great question. One way is to stair-step your way up. So you don't start at Oprah Winfrey. You don't start at Tony Robbins. You work your way up. And so, you know, you start interviewing people that are around that person that you want to get to. And, and by the way, you don't have to interview, you know, big, famous, bold-faced names. A lot of times those types of people, it doesn't move the needle for them to be on yet another podcast, to be interviewed one more time. Some of the most interesting conversations I've had have come from people that don't do a lot of interviews, that haven't been on a lot of podcasts, and it's more meaningful for them. They're the ones who are going to tell their family and friends when they go home that evening that they were on a podcast because it was super exciting for them, and they're more likely to then refer you to someone else. They're more likely to introduce you to someone else, perhaps for what you do, and so I think a lot of times people focus a little bit too much on those you know, big name types of people. And they also think that it's harder to get people to say yes to be on a podcast than, than it actually is. It's actually, it, in many cases, it's not that hard. There's what, 9 billion people on the planet. There's lots of people out there who would gladly be a guest on a podcast. Maybe they've never been before and you just got to start. Totally agree. And great advice. All great advice given throughout this entire podcast interview. I appreciate it, John. If someone would like to reach out to you and ask about your services, ask you questions. What is a good way for them to do that? Sure. Yeah. I'd love to connect with anyone. John at Rise25 Media, shoot me an email or go to rise25.com. Reach out. I'm on LinkedIn as well, John Corcoran. And I love talking about this stuff and I love helping others to see ways in which they can use a podcast to build wonderful relationships. Awesome. If you are a managing partner or a lawyer at a law firm and you want a podcast, I would reach out to John at rise25.com. He is your go-to for podcasting. If you're looking for other digital marketing, like website development, SEO, social media, or online advertising, then my company is your go-to. That is Array Digital, and you can find us at ArrayLaw.com. All right, John, thanks so much. Thanks, Eric.